It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. You, if you are unfamiliar with what is actually happening on the small screen that you are looking at, you're watching the Start Today Morning Show. My name is Dave Hollis. I am the husband to Rachel Hollis. She usually sits right here near my armpit area. She is not here this morning. She is on her way to the airport where she will be flying during the broadcast of the morning show that literally nobody is talking about. I will be hosting today and then we'll be back tomorrow live from the West Coast studios of the Start Today Morning Show. And when I say West Coast Studios, I mean the floor of a hotel room somewhere in the San Diego area. I'm very excited about that. Um, it's day nine. Look at this haircut. I agree. Could, could we just have a minute? They went high and they went tight. They went high and then they went tight. Then they threw a hard part into the haircut. So you're welcome. Or if you don't like it, I'm sorry that I am not sorry for this haircut. Uh, I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm excited that it's day nine. Did y'all see in my stories yesterday? Whoo! I got an actual physical copy of my book. Like they put it on paper. Somebody, I wrote a bunch of words. I then sent them through cyberspace to a publisher. The publisher then said, that's not good enough. And then I did edits and I sent it back and they said, it's still not great. And I did more edits. And then they actually took all of those words and put it into 212 pages. There are no pictures in this book of a book on real paper. And I held it in my own hand. It's called an advanced reader copy. Uh, if you are a human who is interested in being part of the launch team, we'll make an announcement at some point. You can raise your hand and we will send these advanced reader copies to you. We still got so much time. I am incapable of creating a time machine. I have tried. We have until March 10th of 2020. Dang it, that is a long time from now. But... Uh, we're getting close. We're getting closer every day. I'm more excited today than I've ever been about this dang book. I went in the podcast studio yesterday and I read some of the book onto uh, into a microphone that will be a part of how we try and tell people about the goodness of said book. I'm excited for it. Uh, if you're just joining us, my name's Dave. I am not Rachel. Rachel usually sits right here off of my right shoulder. She is in an airplane in real time, flying to Los Angeles, and uh, I will meet her tonight. I'm going to take some team meetings today with our team, and then I'm going to meet her tonight, and then she is on stage at an event of Brendan Burchard's tomorrow, so we're excited to hang out with our friend Brendan tomorrow, and then tomorrow night, ooh, I am so excited. Tomorrow, we start in the morning with Brendan, who is an amazing human being. We finish the day. I can't even believe it. We're having dinner with John Maxwell in Atlanta. And then she is participating on uh, Friday morning at John Maxwell's event. So we get to hang out with two people that we like more than most people in consecutive days. Uh, and then we take a hard right turn. We are heading to are uh, hanging out with the family, my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew. We're going to go love on them, and we're going to celebrate the life of my brother-in-law who passed away uh, a week ago on Monday. Uh, we have a service. We're going to be together as a family and spend some time. Uh, 
reminiscing, talking about all of the amazing things that was our friend, our brother, Michael, and uh, the 46 years that he was on this planet. So I'm excited about that. Uh, even though it's likely going to be hard, I'm excited about it. <clears throat> uh, y'all, it's the last 90 days. Are y'all in this thing? Are you doing the last 90 days challenge? I, like At last glance, there were 188,000 active last 90 days challenge people. Like we are a community. This is a movement. We are trying to finish this year off strong as a group, y'all. So uh, we are on day nine. We're working on this five to thrive. If you're in it, you know what it is. If you don't know, go over to theholosco.com forward slash last nine zero days. It's a totally free, completely free challenge. We're just trying to finish the year as strong as we possibly can. You can join at any time. We are, we're excited about all the things that are happening. And this week, we have a theme. Each week, we're going to have a theme. This week, our theme is habits. And so I want to talk to you about habits. I've talked about uh, a book that I love on habits. I love it so much. Charles Duhigg wrote the book called Power of Habit. I use uh, some quotes from his book in my book. I am excited because I am soon, I think, going to be on his podcast and then he soon is going to be on our podcast. He is a smart dude on all things habits. If you have not read Power of Habit, when people ask me, Dave, what's the, what's the first book? What's the first book that you would read if you were trying to start your personal development journey? What's the first book if I am in a relationship with someone who doesn't really think that they are into growing? The first book that I would read is Power of Habit. The second book that I would read is Mindset by Carol Dweck. Those are the first two books that I would read. But there is another book on habits that I spent a little bit of time reading through this week as we're talking about habits that we have read previously that I will draw your attention to. It's like the master's course of habit work. It's a little bit thicker a book. It's a little more scientific a book, but it's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And it is, uh, it, there, there are, like it says, seven things that if you were to just like master these seven things, you would be a more effective person. It's taken from years and years and years of research on what effective people have done. Uh, and there are the first two habits that I think would be a useful use of our time today to just spend a second on. So that if you don't end up reading the book, for whatever reason, you might at least understand what I believe to be two things that are particularly relevant for us as we are walking through day nine of a challenge that we are hoping to finish as strong as we start. The first habit that Stephen Covey talks about in his book is the idea of being proactive. Being proactive. There are two uh, kinds of people in this in this world in on the planet. There are people who are reactive, and there are people who are proactive. So reactive people tend to focus the, the way that it's described in the book. There are two circles. There is the circle of concern. That's the bigger circle out here. These are the things that we cannot control, and there is the circle of influence inside of that the things that we can control, okay? Reactive people 
tend to spend their time focusing on the circle of concern, the bigger of the circles. And the things that happen in that circle are things like other people's opinions, things like other people's mistakes, things like the weather, things like the economy, things like politics, but also things like what people think of you. Okay, so like that bigger circle, the circle of concern, those are things that you as a human being listening to this podcast right now, as a human being listening to this live stream right now, you cannot control. You think somewhere in your brain, you're thinking that like focusing on these things or worrying about these things or doing something about these things will change the amount of control you have of these things, but you cannot control those things. Okay, so that first circle, circle of concern, those are things you can't control. The circle of influence, that circle inside, that circle is the stuff that you can control. So that is your habits, that is your attitude, that is the things that you can learn, that is the enthusiasm you bring to something, that is the education that you acquire. Those are the things that you can control, okay? And the important thing in the difference between a reactive person and a proactive person is that life shows up for both of these people in the same way, right? Hard days come, good days come. Things that are easy to achieve, things are challenging to achieve. Life comes at these people the same way. They process life differently though. The reactive person focuses on the things that they cannot control and complains about those things as if that's going to help them in any way in their life. They tend to focus on their environment or outside forces and those focuses on the external, the environment or outside forces affect their mood, affect their performance, right? When you give all of your power to the things that you cannot control, you are now out of control and are at the mercy of how your environment or those outside forces make you feel. That is reactive. That is reactive. They don't take, they don't take action. They don't take ownership of the things that they can control. And that's the difference in the person that focuses as a more proactive person on that inner circle, the circle of influence. They focus exclusively or try their best to focus exclusively on the things that they can control. They go into a situation knowing that there are so many things that they cannot control, but they can control the way that they react to the things that they can't control. That just that in what we are trying to accomplish today and for the next 81 days will be a game changer. There will be every single day of the rest of this challenge things that you can't control. And the sooner you can accept that you can't control the things but can control the way that you react to the things, the more likely you are to be successful in this challenge. Here's an example. You're at work. You go to work. You put on your work shirt. You get to work. You do a project at work. The project fails. The reactive person will give you every reason 
why the project didn't work. They didn't get great direction from their boss. They didn't have great support from their team. The economy showed up and disrupted the way they could sell their product. All of the external things that, by the way, were outside of their control, they will blame for why the project at work didn't actually work. The proactive person asks a different set of questions. This didn't work. How could it have been done better? How could I have approached the situation of having a boss that doesn't give great direction? How could I have approached having a team that doesn't have the competency to do the work well? How could I have prepared myself differently for the way that the economy was going to make selling my product harder? They're reacting in a way that is proactive and not reactive, right? You are walking through a challenge right now where that example, the project fails at work, is going to happen this weekend for you in this challenge. It's going to be difficult because you've got kids. It's going to be difficult because someone from work is going to throw an assignment on you. It's going to be difficult because you're going to try and drop your kid off at Cub Scouts and they're going to send you a text and tell you, you can't leave your kids in the wilderness. My weekend, this last weekend, was hit with a project fail at work. And I had to decide, am I going to let the external thing that I cannot control, my not ever having been a Cub Scout parent, not knowing the rules of engagement when it comes to dropping a kid off in the wilderness, to completely derail the way that I want to be present in this challenge? Or am I going to ask a better set of questions? How could I have approached this weekend in a way that would have eliminated the opportunity for me to be surprised? Right? You're going to run into something when you do, you can be proactive in figuring out how to make it a less disruptive thing the next time, or you can be reactive and explain all of the reasons why you now have the perfect excuse to stop doing this challenge. We're going to have, I know, we're going to have holidays that will come in the last 90 days. It's part of why we do this challenge in the last 90 days. Because the excuse of Thanksgiving, the excuse of Christmas as a thing that may allow you to deviate from what you've committed to in this challenge, you have to know right this second that that is going to happen. That those influences, those, the, the, the way that other people are going to make you feel for choosing to continue to move your body even during break, to drink your water or stay, for me, outside of my simple carbsness. Like, if someone wants to come at me and tell me that I am missing out on life during Thanksgiving because of something I've committed to, I have to walk into that situation prepared. I have to be proactive about how I'm going to walk into that situation so that I can come through it strong, so that I can come through it knowing exactly what's going to come my way. So the bottom line is you have to focus on what you can control and you have to take responsibility, right? This challenge is going to be hard and it has nothing to do with anybody else but you. This challenge is going to be something that will develop habits and they are only going to be as strong as you can stay responsible to the thing that we are trying to accomplish here. Either you act or you are acted upon. 
in this challenge, in this life, in this pursuit of your dreams, in the way you hope to model things for your kids, in the way that you want to show up at work, in the way that you want to look yourself in the mirror and feel proud, in the way at the end of your life, you hope that people say the things that you hope they say when they're talking about your impact in this world. Either you act or you're acted upon. Don't mean it's going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. But you have to know right now that either you're going to see the circumstances that inevitably are going to come up as something that you get to choose how you react to, or you're going to give up your power and let them actually dictate how you show up in this world. No, don't do that. You're stronger than that. We're building a habit set that allows you to absolutely determine how you react when the trigger, when the cue of your life actually puts you into a place to create that, that routine, that reaction, you get to choose what that reaction is. You get to choose. Okay? That's the first habit. The first one is be proactive. And the second one of the seven, I'm only going to talk about the two, is the idea of uh, the habit is begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. I mean, part of why we do what we do with these journals on an every single day basis, we are projecting in the words that we are writing down of this intentional goal setting practice, the end that we have in mind. We are doing an exercise of dreaming this big, huge, audacious dream for where we'd like our life to go and writing down the goals that have to happen so that we can make that vision a reality. But you have to start with the end that you have in mind. Getting anywhere that you want to go. It, literally, anywhere that you want to go, it requires a map. So if you don't have a vision of what you want to accomplish at the end of this 90 days, of what you want to have accomplished at the end of this season in life, at the end of when your kids are in your home, at the end of when you've completed this project at work, at the end of you having turned 60 and you're sitting around a table and your kids are raising a glass, what you hope that they will say when they are toasting the impact that you had on their life. If you don't have a vision for what you want them to say, how will you get there? You have to have the end in mind. There's, I've heard this, it's, it's kind of illustrated inside of the book from Stephen Covey, but like this idea of a ladder, okay? Like there's a ladder that you are climbing up that is built on top of what you believe that you are climbing toward. And oftentimes we are climbing up a ladder without having actually considered what is on the roof of this building that we are climbing. I am now in a posture, in a position, in a life where I'm pursuing a thing where I have very, very clear sense of what is on the top of that building. But for the end of my time at the Walt Disney Company, at the end of my time at the entertainment company, the things that were listed in the stories of that building were not things that were actually the end I was hoping for. I was climbing a ladder of title, of status, of money, of certainty, of provision over fulfillment, of, of things that when I got to the top of that ladder, I realized, uh-oh, I have climbed the wrong ladder. 
And I climbed the wrong ladder because I did not have the end that would actually deliver the things that were important to my life in mind. So now I've had to reorient. What are the actual things that I want in the stories of the building that I'm climbing so that when I get to the top, I'm standing on top of the right building? Some of y'all are climbing the wrong building because you have not actually defined what you are climbing toward. You got to figure that out. That's a super, super important thing. And it's not even just really making sure you know where you're going. Because sometimes it's about actually knowing why you're going there, right? If you really want to like land, you're struggling on like, well, what, what should my stories be? What should be on my rooftop? What do I, what am I reaching toward? The why is, is as important as the what. The what you're climbing to, the end you have in mind has to be tied to a why that matters. So you've got to think about, if you're thinking about your passion or your calling or your purpose or why it is that you're on earth, you need to have a why that informs the climb to the how, to the what. I, I put a quote up from Nietzsche this morning. I mean, like Nietzsche? Nietzsche. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. He or she who has a why to live can bear almost anyhow. If you aren't anchored to a why that matters, if you aren't anchored to a why that is stronger than your excuses, a why that's stronger to the way that you would feel for quitting, that's stronger to the regret you'd experience at the end of life for not having pursued it, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it up that climb. The climb requires a why because it's going to take momentum. It's going to take energy. It's going to take things that are bigger than sometimes you to keep going on the days when it's hard. And if you don't have a strong enough why, society, your job, your family of origin, your insecurities, your worry, they'll assign your why to you. If your why isn't strong enough, Society, your job, your family of origin, your insecurities, your worries, they will assign your why to you. You don't want their why driving your life. Because if you are using their why as the fuel to climb that ladder, you'll never get to your end. This goal, remember this habit was begin with the end in mind. You got to start with where you're going. You have to know where you're headed. You have to know what you're climbing toward, but you got to have a why to have the fuel in the tank to get there. And that why has to be stronger than your excuses, stronger than what it might feel like to fail, stronger than what it would feel like to live with the, the, the regret of not actually going. And if you don't take control of and have a why that defines your purpose, that defines why you're here, that defines how you're going to unleash the potential that's been gifted to you, society is going to assign it to you. You don't want that. Trust me, you don't want that. So if you struggle with your why, if you struggle with your purpose, if you struggle, what would, at the end of your life, what do you want to be remembered for? 
at the end of time, at that 60th birthday dinner, at your, at, God bless it, but at your funeral, what would you hope people said about the way that you impacted their life? That's where you start with your why. That's where you start with your purpose. You've got to start there. Instead of asking what life can offer you, you've got to ask what you can offer life. You've got to set a very specific, you are unique unto all humans ever created. You have something that this world needs. You'd be, you've been given something that is a gift that you need to gift to the rest of this planet. Okay, so start there. What would you hope people would say of the way that you use the gifts that were given to you? That's how you start working toward purpose. That's how you start working towards a why. Right? And I, I just saw someone say, like, if you are of a certain age and you have decided that, you know what? The pursuit of my why was something I could have done back then, but now that I'm this old, I cannot do any longer. That is a story that you have decided to believe. You've chosen to opt out of pursuing the possibility of impact for the balance of your life. You'll have to live with that choice. It is not a real story. Stop believing those lies. It is never too late. It is never too late. And guess what? My why is different than your why. And I'm saying that to every single person. All of our whys will be exclusive to each of us. In recap, the first two Stephen Covey habits in the seven habits of, uh, of highly effective people, the first one is being proactive. You have to choose to actually focus on the things that you can control. Uncontrollable things are a part of life. Don't kid yourself into believing that if you focus on the five to thrive, that all of a sudden your life is going to stop introducing uncontrollable things. It is still going to throw uncontrollable things your way. What you have to focus on is the things you can control in uncontrollable seasons. And number two, begin with the end in mind. Where are we actually going? Where are we going? Where are we going for the rest of this 90 days? Visualize specifically, specifically how proud you will be of yourself on January 1st when you have completed this challenge, the way that you'll talk to your kids about it, the way that you'll talk to your coworkers about it, the way that you will look yourself in the mirror for knowing that you persevered through something. Begin with the end in mind. But with that end, also have a why that will provide you with the fuel to continue climbing the ladder toward that destination. Y'all, I, it's, I got through 30 minutes. I just started. What is even happening? It's the Start Today morning show. It's the morning show that no one is talking about. But if they did, they'd probably say that it's the best way to start your day with Rach, who is still not here, and me. My name is Dave Hollis. I am your morning show Sherpa for the day. I'm happy to have been able to be here. We are talking habits all week long on the Start Today Morning Show as a part of the Last 90 Days Challenge. I, uh, like I said, we'll be back here with Ray Ray Hollis tomorrow. Uh, let's do five minutes of Q&A, five quick minutes of Q&A. Then I got to go do our senior leadership meeting today, get all these Hollis company humans excited about all of the things. Where's Rach? She's on an airplane. She is flying to the West Coast 
I uh, am going to meet her tonight. Why you say that so aggressive? Yes. Why do I say the theme song so aggressively? After I get done yelling at y'all about habits, it's hard to go into song form. I just, I'm excited. Come on. Uh, have we decided a dance party theme for Florida? I know that we're down to two, so it has not yet been totally locked and confirmed, but we're down to two. What does my tattoo on my arm say? It says, a ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. I got this tattoo as a reminder that I am on this planet to continue growing, that growing will only happen outside of my comfort zone, that even in the midst of being in choppy waters, like writing a book that is full of vulnerability or leading a team in areas where I don't have perfect expertise, the only way that I will actually grow is to be out inside of those choppy waves. And I was built for this. That's what ships are built for. That's what I was built for. So I'm going to, uh, and I, I honestly, I got it as much for my kids too. I want to remind my kids every single day that they need to go outside of the harbor so that they can be the recipient of the kind of growth that comes from disruption and uncertainty. Uh, how do I start writing my book? You sit down and you write words. It is about word count. Do not reread what you write. Just start writing words into your computer. I was a person who liked to write with an outline. Rachel does not write with an outline. So it kind of can depend, but I like to lay out an outline and then I had to just start writing and I had to commit to writing every single day, uh, trying to hit 1,500 or so words a day until I got to, my book is about 62,000 words long. I turned in a book that was 80,000 words long. So I wrote longer than I knew I would need because I knew they were going to tell me that some of it was not good or that I repeated myself and then they edited out a bit more. Um, how do you define or find your why? You know what? I'm going to do an entire thing about how to find your why, how to find your purpose, because I, I have um, a part of the book that really dives into it, and I'm going to turn it, I'll turn it into a full-on, hour-long conversation. I think that's a good one. Is Hawk still with us? This, this fish is a miracle. This fish will survive literally anything. I think this fish may be listening to the morning show and is inspired to live his best fish life because of all the, all the times we're yelling into these devices. Dang it, Hawk is alive. Uh, I just heard about the 90-day challenge, but I'm lost as to how to start, and I want in. Get in here. We want you in here. Go to theholisco.com forward slash last nine zero days. It is 100% free. Bring it on in. What do you do if people close to you don't believe in your vision and your why? I, to be honest, I start with a, a very simple question. What is the actual um, motivation behind their resistance? In my case, I was resistant to Rachel's pursuing growth with Rachel's pursuing becoming a better person for a long time because of insecurity. I did not feel like getting up in the morning and becoming a better person. And when she was becoming a better version of herself, I was insecure that her better version of her would outgrow me. So my resistance was not at all about whether it was a good or bad thing for her to become better. It was a reflection of a station that I was stuck in in my life. And so I had to, um, in that instance, do the work myself. 
Um, but I, I start because I think a lot of times the resistance that you get is a reflection more of their insecurity, their reflection of their own frustration for not feeling as motivated, their frustration for um, the distance that will be created by you becoming better, right? If you guys were here when your relationship started and you keep growing and they stay stuck or what is more likely, you keep growing and they keep descending. This distance that exists between you and they is the reason for their frustration. That is not a reason to stop becoming great. I mean, really, if someone in your life does not want you to become great, you have to ask a better set of questions around why you give weight to the opinion of someone who would not advocate for the greatest version of you. That's a very heavy sentence in one sentence, but I mean it. Why would you give weight to someone who wouldn't advocate to the best version of you, for the best version of you? Uh, do I take a pre-workout drink? You're darn right I do. I, I do like, a, I have like a juicer. So I take a bunch of kale and some beets. Beets? Like, no, red beets. And I put them into a squeezing thing and then it, it makes like a little juice. And then I take a little bit of a hydrator, a little bit of like a, uh, there's a it's a pre-workout. I, I did a video for it like Rachel did. I don't know why, but somebody was asking about it. So I'll put it up. But uh, there's like a little bit of a scoop of like a natural pre-workout. I put a little vitamin C packet in there and I take some vitamins and then I go do it. I go work out, I go lift or run or do something. Uh, a book that I recommend for kids, huh? I mean, right now for my seven-year-old, I'm picking books that he can read. So um, like the, oh gosh, what is the, the Dave Pilkey books called? I can't remember, but anyway, like he, like he loves to read those books. So if he loves those books, those are the books that I throw his way. For my, for my older kids, They've been more spending time on homework than they have been like reading nonfiction for fun. So I don't, Captain Underpants, that's right, that's right. Uh, the site, one more time to join the challenge, thehollisco.com forward slash last nine zero days. Come on down, come on down. All right, listen, tomorrow uh, we'll be coming from the West Coast studios of the Start Today Morning Show, Ray Ray Hollis and I from, I'm gonna guess, a hotel somewhere in San Diego. Uh, I'm going to see if I can't kidnap Brendan for a part of it. I don't think I will be able to. I'm still going to ask him nice. Uh, so uh, we will see you all tomorrow morning. Uh, remember, be proactive and start today, if you don't already, with defining the end you are hoping for. If you don't know where you're headed, you will never get there. If you don't have a why that's strong enough, you won't have the fuel to get you there either. Let's go. Let's have a fantastic day. We'll see you all tomorrow. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at The Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die. <laughs>